back to The Abnormal Christian. I am Brad Mason. I am here again with my wonderful wife, Natasha Mason. Hello. There she is. And we are back after uh, maybe a week or two of... Probably two weeks. Yeah, I think we've been about two weeks since we've done any new episodes for the podcast. Um, it, the uh, Two weeks ago, around the, the middle of March, um, the coronavirus situation in the United States kind of picked up. And um, and it really threw everything into a tailspin. A lot of the um, the listeners from for the podcast had dropped off pretty sharply, and uh, we both were uh, immersed in. Well, I know I was in a in quite a large amount of work to do. Um, so I went and worked. Uh, I worked twelve days, twelve ten hour days in a row at my job, and um, really finding time in between to. Uh, do the podcast really took on a different life of its own, so it didn't really happen a lot. Um, in the meantime, the kids, everybody's kids are staying home from school, and they're all doing um, online classes, and they're doing the online education. And so, um, you know, there's that whole other aspect that we took on. Natasha actually um, came home uh, from work and is now working at home, which is a wonderful blessing. So uh, the Lord works at times when we don't necessarily anticipate it. Um, but in this situation, it worked out really well. Um, because she was able to stay home with the kids. So we kind of wanted to get back around to um, getting back to the podcast because it's not something we want to let go too long um, because when you kind of do things, everybody knows when you do something uh, and you don't do it, uh, you hit a consistent phase of not doing it, you kind of fall out of practice. And so we want to get back to the podcast, uh, even though I'm still working a lot, and uh, try and, re- you know, kind of keep it alive and going and um, because we love to do it so much. So really this week we're going to look at, uh, and the real conversation around this episode is going to be, is this the end? And that is the question that I'm posing. Is this the end of the world? Is this the end of everything? Is this the end? Is the coronavirus, um, which I know we're going to get tired of talking about, everybody's tired of hearing about it. But the real question is, is this the end? Is this the final be-all, end-all to humanity? Is the Antichrist getting ready to come upon the scene? Is Jesus getting ready to return? Is this the end uh, that everyone wants to proclaim? So I really bring this up because I have a couple different things going on of friends on Facebook and friends in real life who... Um, keep posting things about the book of Revelation or um, the, the Matthew, Matthew, I think it's Matthew 24, where Jesus talks about the end coming and uh, the things that you should be looking for in the end. And so a lot of people are corresponding or correlating um, this current situation, especially Americans. We're very, um, I think we're very guilty of this. The American church is very uh, guilty of taking a problem in the world and turning it to an end time scenario. Like this is the life. So we grew up in the eighties. We've talked about this before. And uh, if this were in the eighties, if the coronavirus that's happening now would have happened in the eighties, it would have been the end of everything. Um, because it didn't seem, it seemed like every time you turn around, somebody was proclaiming that Jesus was coming back immediately and it was the end of the world and, you know, everybody better be ready. And, and it's, that's the true message. Yes, that is the message. Um, but it's really interesting the way people take the word of God and they kind of apply it to their life right now. And that's what we're supposed to do. Um, but when it, when it comes to end time prophecy, it's a little bit more difficult because we don't know. Um, so speaking of the coronavirus directly, and since Natasha is a nurse, I'll ask her this question. Is this virus a punishment from God? <laughs> oh, okay. Let me first ask, uh, uh, go ahead. why does me being a nurse matter 
to that because question. you are you you have a a uh, expertise in sickness that others may not understand. So the question is 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 this virus a punishment upon mankind from God? Speaking as a nurse, could you could you I answer still that don't question? Know. Can you answer that question as a nurse? No. No. And you've got your bachelor's degree. You've had four years of education. You've gone into some graduate classes trying to, right, trying to get a master's, right, yeah, at some but... point. Um, and so I would, I'm asking you because you have more knowledge about uh, health and human physiology than I do. Um, you've got a deeper understanding of what makes people sick and how to keep people healthy and how to treat the body. And so you have someone who's educated at this and you ask them, is this disease a punishment upon mankind for the sin it's done? Is this something that God is punning, punishing us with? Well, I you and I had a conversation about why maybe this came to be. Right. And that it in all likelihood generated from eating unclean things. Yes, absolutely. So we know that the there are dietary laws in the Old Testament, right? So the Bible tells us the things that we can and cannot eat. And then somewhere along the way, we all lost our footing and said, well, you know, Jesus died on We're the cross. We're not under the law anymore. Right, and so it doesn't matter what we eat and who cares and everything's good for food now. And uh, Peter's vision, even though that had nothing to do with food, we always like to say, well, he was told he could eat whatever he wanted. And so we do, and we say, well, this isn't, you know, it's not a bad thing, right? But I think this this virus in and of itself and the way it originated um, really shows us that not everything on the earth that walks and crawls and creeps is meant to be food. Not everything is meant to be eaten. Um, God, when he created the world, created certain animals for food and he created other animals to be cleaner animals. It was their job to clean the earth. And uh, what has happened is those people in Wuhan that were eating bats and cats and dogs and things that were not supposed to be food. You know, they said uh, a, a bat can carry like a couple hundred different viruses in its body at any given time. And it doesn't hurt the bat at all. Well, I think that the show we watched was a, maybe an epidemiologist. I don't remember what his degree was, but he was talking about how bats are in particularly very interesting because... They have the ability to have all these viruses in them, but not suffer the effects of the virus. Right. They're not getting sick from it and having, uh, you know, their lungs collapse or anything like that. I mean, they're, they're living, they're healthy. I mean, it's apparently they're healthy, they're living their, their life, and they're not just dropping dead from all these viruses. But then we consume them because they said in China that the people there saw it as a delicacy. They wanted to eat strange things because they thought it was, you know, it was really in vogue or whatever you want to call it. And so they're eating really weird stuff. And, the, and so the viruses come out and it breaks out. You know, a couple of years ago, we had the swine flu, which came from pork and pigs. Well, swine flu, avian flu. Yeah, there's been all kinds of stuff. And so you look at it and you're going, you know, we're, we're really eating things we shouldn't be eating. Um, the scripture has given us a clear outline as to what is good, what is food and what is not. And we ignore it. And then we wonder why everybody gets sick. So the real question, I'll go back to the question that I asked you, is this a punishment on mankind from God? And the answer to that, and honestly, I am going to give you two answers here. Number one, there's no one who can give you that answer. There's not a clear answer that says yes or no, this is a punishment from God. If there's anyone who is preaching that this is a punishment from God, I'd really like to know how they know, because except God, God sends a prophet or a messenger to say so, because you find that all in the Old Testament, before something fell, God gave them advance warning. Before Egypt, before the death angel swept into Egypt, there was an advance warning that this was coming. There was an advance warning from all the prophets that terrible things were going to happen. He wanted the people to know that he directly 
enforced his laws or the punishment upon them. So he would send someone to tell them. Yeah, I don't think that he would cause this to be and not, so to speak, take credit for it. Right, right. And I don't think it's a good point there. I don't think he's he's going to allow this. This is not something he's throwing on us, mankind. And, And the reason I will say this is because Jesus bore upon the cross. He bore upon himself all of the punishment for our sins. That's what was taken for him on the cross. Now, is God angry with us or is he angry with the wicked? Yes. But the Bible also tells us that he withholds his wrath, his judgment from the world, because the believers in the Holy Spirit of God is here. So he's not pouring out his wrath on the world because the Holy Spirit is here. So when we go into the book of Revelation, we see that when the, the, the Spirit of God is removed, then God pours out his anger and his punishment and his vengeance upon the world. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. He says this. So when we look at this virus, and there's all kinds of people out there saying, you know, you're going to hear it everywhere. Um, that, you know, from the Christian side, this is God, you know, beating down mankind because of abortion, or he's beating down mankind because of uh, all the sexual immorality that's going on on the planet. You can't find that in the scripture anywhere. The one thing it does tell us, though, is that God chastises those that he loves, right? So God chastises those that he loves. So now you you have to look at that. If a Christian gets this, is this chastisement for the wickedness that the world is doing? Is he chastising the Christian because of the wickedness that the world has done? If we really look at it and say, this is God dumping out his judgment on the earth, then why is he beating me up? Right. Right. Because as everybody like, that's not fair. So somebody sent me last week, um, just kind of uh, they were t- trying to prove that all this is a hoax and it's fake and the government is trying to um, take away our civil liberties and yada, yada. Um, so they send me Second Timothy chapter 3 and it says, And know this, that in the last days perilous times shall come. So immediately they buy into this being the last days. This is Paul writing to Timothy. You find it in, in our Acts. If you uh, listen to our study of the uh, book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles, um, you will hear that we talk about Paul writing to Timothy. So here he's writing to Timothy and he says, uh, Know this, in the last days perilous time shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedience to parents, unthankful and unholy. Without natural affection, there'll be truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those things that are good. They'll be traitors, they'll be heady, they'll be high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. From such turn away. And so, you know, the idea was that well, he sent this to me, this person didn't, with the idea that we're living in the last days. This has got to be it. This has got to be it because this is what the, the coronavirus is this, you know, I don't really think it's a thing. I think they're trying to use this. It's all these deceivers and it's all these lies. But I want you to, in this verse that was sent to me in the scripture, I want you to read, there's something here in verse five. It says, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Who is he talking about? Having a form of godliness. Having a form of godliness. So appearing godly, but not ah, having Ah, so there we go. Them. So this is not the wicked. This is not the lost. This is not the wicked sinners. This is not a corrupt government trying to, to rule me or reign over me. This is people who are proclaiming to have the power of God in their life, but they're denying the power of God through what they say and do. And he says, from such people, you turn away. So the real, the real thing you need to be looking at, are we in the last days? I couldn't tell you. We've been in the last days since Jesus ascended into heaven. Um, every single day just draws us closer and closer to that day. But the most dangerous people right now, the people who are out there 
saying that they can proclaim things for on God's behalf over this virus and over the body of Christ and over the church. Um, and this really, you know, we've talked about this before, but this goes back to the faith healers, those who claim to be prophets. Those, This whole thing is really exposing the falsehood of all of these healers, these self-professed faith healers that are walking around out there. There are hospitals. There's over... 80,000 people in New York currently that have the virus, correct? Right? Uh, I believe so. Right? There's 3,000, maybe it was 3,000 that have died or something like that. I can't remember. How, that's the total, I think, in the United States. Anyway, there's hospitals. They're just jam-packed full of people who have this virus, who need ventilators, who are sick, who need to be healed. Where are these faith healers at? Where are the men, the Kenneth Copelands, who say uh, he's out here proclaiming that the coronavirus, is, I, I, you know, it's done and gone. And uh, As of March 29th, I think. Yeah. Um, why isn't this guy in a hospital putting his hands on people proclaiming it? Why isn't Benny Hinn in a hospital putting his hands and I'm calling out names because this is a serious issue that these men are leading people astray and people are still following them and they are not producing any fruits of their words. There's no fruits coming out of them. There's no healing coming out of them. I mean, and if anything, they're just, they look like clowns yeah, to, the, to the people who don't believe. And who does that God. damage? Who does that damage? The rest of us. Yeah. Because the rest of the body of Christ sits by and we try to be reasonable to say that our God can save, our God can deliver. But we also know that the Bible says that trial and tribulation are going to come upon us, that we should count it all joy when those things come, that we should count it. We should be, uh, you know, it's an it's amazing thing that we, even if we suffer for the cause of Christ in our sickness, that we should glorify God even to our death. That's what we're supposed to do. But these jokers are out there telling people that you've got to, you know, you need to continue to sow that seed. Um, Kenneth Copeland was, he was chastising people that they need to continue to tithe even if they're unemployed. You need to give your money even if you're unemployed. What, what money? If they don't have a check, how are they going to do that? You know, it doesn't make sense. There's these, these things that we, we as the church and the body of Christ have to set aside and say, you know what, that is not, no, that's not accurate. That's not what we need to be right now. What we need to be is compassionate and loving and understanding and forgiving. The world is out here and the world is living in fear. We've got people running around afraid of getting something. Uh, they don't know what's going to happen. They don't know if they're going to get sick. They don't know if they're going to die from it. They have no clue. But there are people who are genuinely afraid of this. And as the Christians and as the believer, we should be willing to say, you know what? Here's the real truth of the matter. It doesn't matter what happens to you if you know Jesus. That's the part that takes away the fear. See, death has no hold over us, and death has no power over a person whose life belongs to Christ, whose, whose soul, whose existence is wrapped up in who he is. When it is wrapped up in him, then I'm not afraid of getting sick. I'm not afraid of death. Do I want to die? No, I don't want to die. I've got kids. I've got a family. Um, we all have life that we're trying to continue on, and we want to see grow, and we want to have the opportunity to share it with other people. But if, if, if I'm faced with that, should I have fear? No. And the world is afraid because the world doesn't know what's going to happen to them if they do die. You know, somebody told me today, they said there's thousands of people dying and we have the opportunity to be Jesus to them, but we're going to be afraid and we're going to stay and we're going to keep our mouth shut and we're going to let these other guys, you know, these, these faith healers take the forefront. Yeah. They're going to take the forefront of this and they're going to stand up and say, you know, they're going to put their wet, greasy hand on their TV and say, put your hand on the TV and you're healed. And it ain't doing nothing for nobody. You know, I mean, <clears throat> 
Other things. Let's let's hit on some other things while we're going after this because I'm kind of going at it a little bit strong, and that's fine. There uh, churches, and I'm going to say this: churches, body of Christ. Number one, the the body of Christ is the church. Let's just squash this right off top the bat, okay? The body of Christ is the church. The word in, in the Greek is ekklesia, and it means congregation. It means congregation, the body of Christ. Everybody understand that. It does not mean the building you go to. That is not the church. That's where the congregation meets. Now, if the state or your local government says shelter in place in your home and don't go go out and get in groups of people of 10 or more, you shouldn't go to your congregation. You should not go down to the building where the congregation meets because it's for your health, right? If they ban this forever, then I expect you to throw a fit because the constitution guarantees your religious right together. Absolutely. But for the health and safety of other believers, we need to submit to that authority to say, it's not ending our gathering. It's not ending church. Church is not ending because we're not getting together. There's some pastors and preachers and teachers out there who are still bringing all their congregations together because they're going to throw their fist up in the air and shake it at the government and say, we're going to defy you because God says we have to join together. We are the body of Christ. Whether I'm on an island by myself or whether I'm in a building with 400 people, I am the body of Christ. I'm the church, the temple of God. He dwells in me. Yes, it's it's uh, it's a thing of being away from your family and wanting to join together with them. We all have those moments where we want to be with our family, but at the same time, most of our life is lived separated from them. So it's not going to hurt you. It's not going to hurt anybody for two or three weeks, a month, to not go to the congregation. A lot of churches are providing their services online. I've been seeing that, and that's fantastic. I've actually watched a couple churches that uh, I went to when I was a kid that haven't been able to see over the years, and now I'm seeing they've got live streams online, and it's fantastic. It's wonderful because now I can, I'm can i seeing other believers they are actually using, we're using the current technology to do what we haven't been able to do or what we haven't done before. Now you're broadcasting the pastor and his preaching and teaching on the internet, and everybody is available to see it, where before these churches would just have it in their local congregation, and you know they would tell somebody, you need to come down our church and see our preacher. He's really good. Well, now it's up and people can see it. Um, I, I also read that this is one of the things that the faith healer guys are kind of scared of because now everything they're saying is being broadcast for everybody to see. So that silliness is put on display and uh, and they're really reeling that back a little bit because they don't want to be embarrassed by the stuff that's coming out. Um, but it's not, again, we're, we're the body of Christ. That building holds no, it has nothing in the grand scheme of things. Those buildings don't mean a thing. Um, because God built his temple inside of us. Now, going back to the, is this the end time, right? Is this the end of the world? Is this, you know, somebody, uh, one of my friends posted on Facebook that uh, this is just looks like it's straight out of Revelation. It's just, this is just right out of Revelation. No, no, it's not. It's not out of Revelation at all. Um, this is a virus that is sweeping the globe, but this is not the end time yet. Um, and then there's a couple of precursors real quick that I'll give you that to look for. If you want to know if you're in the end time, there's two things you need, two people, two things you need to look for. There's one man called the Antichrist. We all know that who uh, arrives on the scene. He saves the world. He's the good guy at the time. Everybody thinks he's the Messiah. Uh, everybody takes his mark and all those things. There's that. But there's also one other guy who comes before him, which is more important because if you can identify this person first, 
then you know who comes after him is the anti-Messiah, is the false, is the false Jesus. He's not the real guy. So the first guy who comes is called the false prophet, and he's going to come like John did before Jesus in the wilderness. You remember those one crying out in the wilderness, and he said, "Prepare you the way of the Lord." And John said, "If you'll believe, you know, I've come in the spirit of Elijah." And then he declared, "Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world." So John came before Jesus. So before the anti-Messiah comes in the book of Revelation. There's a man who comes who's called the false prophet and is his job by signs and wonders and miracles to proclaim the Messiah is coming. That's his job is to say all these miracles and things that I'm able to do. There's one who's coming who's going to do even more miracles than I'm doing. When you see that man, when you see anyone in the world able to perform signs and miracles and wonders and the words coming out of his mouth are the Messiah is coming and he will do more miracles than you know. Well, we're in the end times, guys, because that's that, does, that that's the giveaway sign right there, right? Um, some of us go, we believe in Thessalonians. It says, when you see, uh, considering our gathering together under Christ, concerning that, he says, uh, we won't see that until the, the son of perdition is revealed, right? So we know that. It was when the anti-Messiah, the anti-Christ is revealed to be the devil. So we see that too. So there's so many more things in the book of Revelation. When you look at this, this is not even on the scale of um, a revelation event. Um, if you want to know the truth, the scripture says that a third of mankind is going to die from pestilence and plague. A third, that's uh, two billion people that are on the planet. Two and a half billion people will die from that. If you want to know for the end times, nope, two and a half billion people have not died from this. Will they? I don't know. Could they? I don't know. Could the false prophet pop up tomorrow? Yeah, he probably could. Could the anti-Messiah? Probably could. Um, but honestly, from my opinion, I still don't think this is, we're not, we're not seeing that yet. If we do see that, I promise you I'll be the first one to point it out if I can get to the podcast quick enough to say, this is that, or that is this. Um, so right now, we're just in a scenario of, Sickness is going across the globe. It's happened a couple times. The Spanish flu, the Black Plague. Um, it's it's not uncommon for mankind to have these issues, especially. It's like a thinning of the herd, really. Yeah, especially when I we mean, do that things. Sounds t- that sounds. Yeah, that probably sounds. That sounds a bad. terrible. <laughs> no, but it's it's the situation to where when you when you have a lot of people in closely dense uh, uh, densely populated areas, densely populated areas, bad things can happen. So when you have a virus outbreak, it spreads a lot faster because of the people that live there. And this is what happened in this situation: the city of Wuhan had over a million people living in it, and the virus just exploded. Um, and those people traveled around, and next thing you know, it's all around the world. The one thing I will say before we go off this this episode is uh, there's some really interesting things that we can see. If you're willing to look, you can see how these things could lead to an end-time scenario, a virus that covers the world that is transmitted through saliva or contact. Um, you could almost in your mind see a world that says we don't need paper money because it, it contaminates others. Um, we could see where they say we don't want you using a debit card because you have to touch the keypad. Now you're transmitting. So what we need to do is implement some kind of Something you can just uh, yeah. We need, you need to have a mark. You need to have something on you that allows you to buy and sell and trade without actually making contact because you don't want to spread a disease or a virus. Um, we also see people would be willing to, and I honestly think America is really uh, a lot this way. Um, we would be willing to lock ourselves in the house if if they told us for a long period of time. Um, it's not you know I'm not saying well, that's not where everybody. we're at. I'm not saying that's where we're at, but we are. You could see how these things are. Um, it's almost like it could be a testing of what could come. 
um, as to uh, how much liberty people are willing to give up for safety. Uh, in the name of safety, I'll give up my this or that. So it's really interesting. Again, I don't, I don't, me personally, I don't think this is the end of the world. Don't think this is the end time. I don't think we're there. I do think it's interesting that this is coming up near Passover. So Passover is coming up in a week, uh, in April here. And um, it's really interesting that what's going to, I think every time Passover rolls around, I'm always looking for something different in the world um, because I think things occur. I think it's God's timing. Uh, when his feasts and festivals fall. So I'm kind of curious as to what's going to happen this year at Passover, keeping my eye out to see what else happens in the world, especially with Israel, um, and uh, not even so much the virus thing, but really uh, outside of that, what's going on in the world. So check back with us. Uh, this week we will be doing Acts chapter 15. 15. We'll be doing Acts chapter 15 this week, getting back to the study of the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to pick it up and keep going. Just pray for us. Uh, pray that uh, my workload lightens up. If my workload lightens up, we're able to keep these podcasts going um, frequently and on a better schedule. Uh, but just pray that God continues to uh, carry us through this uh, with health and safety, whatever he plans, we're willing to take on. And we ask, you know, we're praying for you guys that God will do the same thing in your hearts, in your lives, and uh, we'll continue to keep you safe and healthy and well. Um, just remember, if you do get sick, uh, to give God glory in all things, even in sickness and in our health. And uh, we do appreciate you listening, and we thank you, and we will catch you next time. Bye.